Hurry up, your favorite show's about to start. Grab a Capri Sun, some Dunkaroos, and settle in for another episode of The Millennial Movie Club. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another seasonal episode of Millennial Movie Club. I feel like the fucking Grinch today. (laughs) I feel great. Good. You can be the Cindy Lou Who to my fucking pissy Grinch. I'm going to be like the Randy and you'll be like the Ralphie. Great. Okay. All I I need is a gun. I did. I did. I did watch the movie. Okay, good. (laughs) That would make this a very awkward episode. No, I did watch the movie. Um, Interesting. But yeah, much like the Grinch, I feel like this episode i'm not gonna be the most popular gal in town that's okay (laughs) gives a shit okay (laughs) today we are talking about the movie a christmas story but before that let's get personal with some fun facts absolutely um my name is dan levine and when i was a kid uh like most people except for jazz i would watch uh a christmas story (laughs) multiple multiple times uh on christmas eve and one year I thought it'd be really smart to kind of like forego a family party and just kind of go upstairs and watch Christmas story and try to get a good night's sleep because I was so excited for Christmas and just go to sleep. And I ended up just like sitting there for hours and hours and going to sleep way later and missing a party. And uh, it didn't work out so well. (laughs) That went from like really sweet to so lame. That like went from like a yummy childhood memory to like what i feel like every night i don't know what (laughs) that thing is but it's replicated itself many many times over again in my life yeah staying up way later than you should and feeling like somewhere out there you're missing a party yeah right that's what it is (laughs) and i'm jazz zapatos and i somehow have never seen a christmas story but when i was a kid we had a tradition where we would watch the Nutcracker while we decorated the tree, like the Nutcracker Ballet, which goes to explain why I'm such a bougie, snotty bitch <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> or maybe why I was like force-fed class as a child and now I'm like a fucking raunchy, rowdy, disgusting <laughs> woman. Emily and I, every year we wrap presents on Christmas Eve and, listen, and watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life. So everyone's got their tradition. That's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. I don't have any traditions anymore. They died um, in my parents' divorce. So, oh. Also, might explain some things about my personality. <laughs> Digging into stuff here. Sorry, mom. I do feel very well adjusted. Okay. You did nothing wrong. Yeah, you did a great job. <laughs> Jazz is great. You did a really good job. I have a thriving podcast, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> We're raking it in. <laughs> yeah. Any. Way we are talking a Christmas story today because a lot of people asked us to because apparently it is a favorite. I have had no nostalgic ties to this film and I felt that deeply while I watched it because I thought it was so boring. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's crazy. Crazy to me. I mean, it's absolutely (laughs) one of my favorite movies ever. But it's it's weird too because we have this podcast that is semi about nostalgia right yeah and this is somehow a very obvious choice for a christmas nostalgia movie but it is not nostalgic in the right way at all it's a movie made in 1983 about 1940 and somehow it's just as relevant now and it hits you in the nostalgic feels for some strange reason 
for, or for, s- for I guess some people for some of us yeah. yeah yeah I think that's what I didn't expect is that I was like all right even if I don't have the nostalgic feelings from my own childhood watching this movie at least I'll have the nostalgic feeling because it's like this movie was made in the 80s and then I was like oh no this is set no. actually in the 40s in a time that I do not relate to and if anything like makes me a little bit angry so <laughs> <laughs> well that was the, the text message conversation that Jazz and I were having about which movie to do uh, we were talking about doing Christmas Story and usually we kind of try to not do comedies there's just really not much to say mm-hmm. you could be like oh there's that funny thing that was What's said that but funny? yeah it's not interesting at all and so we were thinking like is this kind of like a comedy will we have anything to say about this and Jazz is like well we could talk about kind of you know the era and it hit me that you'd never seen the movie before right. <laughs> that totally really hit me how like, wasn't war crazy how things- <laughs> When I put the movie on the TV, like, you know, and like the trailer comes up, mm-hmm. the whole script for the trailer was like a nostalgic movie about the Christmas that you want to see. What Christmas used to be, you know, when America was America and Christmas was Christmas. It's like literally all it is. It's like this people love this movie because it's about the good old days. And the whole time I was like, is it? Was it? I mean, not for us. That's for damn Sure. Well, I think we've got, I've got some hot takes, I think, some hot ass takes for this. Great. Bring it on. That this movie, we'll get into it, but I think that this movie might have set us back as a culture in a good way, maybe. But like, in my mind, as kids, we were shown this movie that told us what childhood was like. But it was telling us what childhood was like in the 40s. But Mm -hmm. somehow I was like, oh, this is what childhood is like. So it's like right. life reflecting art sure. where it's not saying this is what childhood is like in the 90s. So maybe I grew up more as a 40s kid. And not even the childhoods of our parents' generation. Way like too young. It really was like a lesson, I think, in why our grandparents' generation is so cranky and, and in need of therapy, I think. It's mm. probably <laughs> is my take on it. But we can get into it. I can't wait. <laughs> Shall we set the scene? Absolutely, yes. Based on the humorous writings of author Gene Shepard, this beloved holiday movie follows the wintry exploits of youngster Ralphie Parker, who spends most of his time dodging a bully and dreaming of his ideal Christmas gift, a Red Ryder air rifle. Frequently at odds with his cranky dad, but comforted by his doting mother, Ralphie struggles to make it to Christmas Day with his glasses and his hopes intact. God, you're so good at that. Um, <laughs> it's like every time I forget, parts. you professionally do yeah. do this. It's crazy. I, t- I turn on my nice sounding voice so the rest of the podcast I could be like, it's like Grinch who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shuck my dick. That's like how the Grinch was hit. <laughs> that is pretty good. I didn't realize that that's what he sounded like. Have never tried. <laughs> Maybe it's just a bad impression. <laughs> no, no, I think it's pretty. It's good. like me being like, I'm Christopher Walken, and you're like, oh, I never knew that's what Christopher Walken <laughs> sounded like. <laughs> Well, I'm a Martian. It's like, whoa, that's so... I'm a dinosaur. Like, oh, I didn't know that's what dinosaurs sounded like, but I guess none of us really did. No one? Yeah. If you you don't get that joke, (laughs) go back a thousand episodes to Jurassic Park. That's right. Um, The thing to know about this movie is that Gene Shepard wrote a book of short stories called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And it's a semi-autobiographical book of short stories about his childhood and they took all those little vignettes and made it into a larger film that he wrote. He wrote the screenplay with the help of two others. And he was also the voice. Mm. They had kind of like a through line 
of some of the stories from this book of short stories, which was the the rifle. All the research about this movie has confirmed a lot of the facts that he writes about, but he's very guarded about whether it's actually autobiographical. Mysterious. Very mysterious. That checks out because this whole movie reads like a bunch of short stories. I love them, <laughs> but maybe not for everybody. I feel like you and you don't like a movie because I feel like this movie is particularly beloved. I feel like... I don't want to be mean, but like, not for me. But <laughs> no, no, let let him have it. Okay, okay. God, I was so fucking bored. I was so bored <laughs> watching this movie. I just felt bored. Also, there's like, I mean, shocker. It's like a whiny mom and a strict teacher, and like these are the only women characters I have to relate to in this whole right. film. I, on the other hand, who was watching it for the 75th time, I have no idea, was thoroughly enchanted, as enchanted as I've ever been watching it. <laughs> You're literally the kid that's like, hey, what's up, smartass? You can stick your hand into a pole. Like, that was you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I triple dog dared you to watch this movie. <laughs> that's and true. And I your... did. I stuck my <laughs> metaphorical tongue onto it. Yes. I hated every second. <laughs> this film was directed by Bob Clark. He also directed gems like Porky's, Baby Geniuses, Black Christmas. Oh, not to mention Karate Dog. Oh, of course. Karate Dog. (laughs) So obviously revered. But he actually is. A Christmas Story in particular gave rise to a lot of things, uh, specifically the Wonder Years. And also Home Alone. A lot of the movies that he made were the stepping stones to larger movies. Like Porky's was the beginning of a certain genre and A a Christmas Story was the beginning of a certain genre. So weirdly, he is kind of like revered. No, hey, I was serious when I said it. (laughs) (laughs) But you kept winking at me. Kept making weird blowjob reference with my hand. (laughs) So revered. Oh, right. Um... Just, you know, revered in the sense that, like, somebody with this body of work was revered in Hollywood, like right. Porky's. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Basically, the only person you need to give a shit in this cast about is Peter Billingsley, who plays young Ralphie. Um, he makes some fun cameos elsewhere. He also plays an elf in Elf. Mm. He's also directed. He directed Couples Retreat, which I find that movie to be very funny he's done a lot of work with vince vaughn i think he was an executive producer on iron man so yeah like yep. weirdly you can credit him with like the birth of the mcu universe <laughs> yeah like he never left the industry even though he was a bit more behind the scenes however uh, a christmas story christmas has just been released where he is playing his adult ralphie self i don't think people like it very much <laughs> but Good for you, Ralph. Yeah, good for you, Ralph. And and I haven't watched it, but I think I will out of just like morbid curiosity. Weird. <laughs> it's got to be better than this. <laughs> Man, this is crazy to me. <laughs> Moving on, our good friend Raj Ebes gave this film four out of four stars. Of course Raj. he did because he's 170 years old. I knew he was going to come back into favor with me eventually. <laughs> of course this movie was going to appeal to him. It's literally yes. his childhood. It's about him. Loosely based. He writes, in a poignant way, a Christmas story records a world that no longer quite exists in America. Kids are no longer left unattended in the line for Santa. 
which I would say is a good thing in my opinion. But yeah. the innocence of kids' radio programs has been replaced by slick, ironic children's programming on TV. The new Daisy BB guns have a muzzle velocity higher than that of some police revolvers and are not to be sold to anyone under 16. Nobody knows who Red Ryder was, let alone that his sidekick was Little Beaver. The, the whole review is just like, ah, things just ain't what they used to be. To me, like that is the laziest take about this movie. That is not what this movie is about. It's not like that things were different than they are now. It's that, that there's a connecting thread between all of childhood in America and you can find it. It's not like, wow, it's crazy that they got left in the mall. Very lazy, Raj. If anything, he's saying but like... But But he... Right. <laughs> but if he's saying it like, oh, the good old days when you could just leave your fucking kids around the mall. Oh, oh, right. Not worry about Glorifying it. that behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's literally glorifying old America. Make America <laughs> neglectful again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of the Amazon reviews are people just being like... Best Christmas movie, favorite Christmas movie. Love How Amazon. can you go wrong? Total classic. Um, I finally found one that was like this. <laughs> what were the writers thinking? What were the actors thinking? And what are people thinking who watch this horrible film every year? I think the world has gone mad, I tell you. There's oh, nothing God. funny about this. Every joke is so overdone already. I see better Disney Channel movies each year. What <laughs> wait, happened to- Wait, wait, sorry, pause. <laughs> <laughs> All these jokes are overdone already, like they've already been done in Disney movies. <laughs> this right. movie was made in 1983. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, all these Disney movies have the same jokes as this movie made back then. <laughs> Move on. Right. What happened to classics like White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life? Come on. What is better, seeing a leg lamp or learning the true meaning of Christmas? There's like oh, 40 exclamation points. If I have to watch this poorly done movie again, I'll put my eye out. Seriously. Whatever. I hope you put your eye out. <laughs> okay, fuck that person. Shoot your eye out, by the way. Fuck you. They're like, a leg lamp or the true meaning of Christmas. I'm like, first of all, White Christmas. I can't watch that either without just thinking like, this poor woman is suffering the most insane eating disorder. But it's just such a weird thing to just pull out one thing and just be like, what about... Uh, the meaning of Christmas. You could be like, I don't know, what what's the most beloved movie? Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. You'd be like, come on, uh, donkeys in the kitchen? What about uh, Americana or something what about like that? The, it's what such about a weird... the sanctity of marriage? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a classic case of best movie ever or there's so much cursing and these Ugh. characters suck, which the characters aren't that great. I gotta be honest. I love them. They're so two-dimensional. <laughs> It's just like I love cranky them. dad, slaving, screamy mom, giggly kid brother, <laughs> bully, which I guess this movie could have been made in the 90s with that kind of lineup. But That's a good point. Yeah. You're just making the case. I think what sums it up for me is like, there's not a ton of redemption in this film, right? It's not like, oh, the dad's a real jackass. And like, there aren't a ton of moments where it's like, this sucks, but now it's all better. It was just kind of just like, like we said, like a bunch of little standalone slice of life moments. So I didn't feel like there was like a huge story arc or like character arc necessarily. It's just like this kid really wanted a Christmas present and then he got the Christmas present. Well, I mean, his dad ends up getting him the BB gun and his mom also doesn't tell on him that he got into the fight and released that torrent of but curses. she does tell on him. She just does it in a way that's like, by the way, did you read the sports? Right. 
Yeah, so it's like there are little moments like that, I guess, but I don't know. We can talk about it. We'll get, it. We'll get there. Um, do you have any fun facts before I dive into the plot? Yeah, I've got one uh, that might be helpful beforehand, or I just don't know where to put it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Why not here? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, the actor who played Randy, uh, he actually temporarily lived in that house. What? Yeah, in 2010, he moved into the house. Uh, and he quit acting to pursue graphic design and he befriended the owner and asked if he could just stay there for a few months and he moved into the third floor and gave tours and hosted meet and greets <laughs> wow i don't know where to put that in this i don't episode, know if so. that's sad or if that's like fucking genius <laughs> i have no idea we'd have to know more about him that's like some gen z shit where you're like well i have this one thing i'm gonna capitalize on it like crazy right well done sir yeah, good for you get that bag or whatever they say no cap for your bb gun <laughs> Oh, nice. Yikes. Um, <laughs> shall we dive on into the plot? Absolutely. We open on a lovely Christmassy title screen. A Christmas story, it reads. We pan this snow-covered neighborhood, and we have an adult male voiceover narrating his past. And this dude loves Christmas, I'll tell you what. It's around which it. the entire kid year revolved. That's right. So That's what he said. What did he say? Also, he's like, oh, there's me as a kid with my fat, dumb face. I mean, it wasn't that, but it was like basically that. (laughs) There's a lot of fourth wall breaking, like, uh, I think to great effect in this movie. I'll give you that. Um, So we're just like taking a tour through town. It's all decorated. The lights are strong. Carolers are singing. It's the fucking spirit of Christmas. Yeah, he could feel the Christmas news begin to tighten. (laughs) yeah that's a great visual the writing in this movie is ju- uh, it, it's not i guess it's just his writing yeah it just gets me it's so funny for some reason to hear someone so eloquently and beautifully describe the like thought process of children yeah and in such like a complex manner it's i had so to keep funny. reminding myself that like this isn't the inner monologue of the kid it's the adult looking back because there were times where i was like he would say certain things were like really dark or, or overtly sexual and i'd be like there's no way this kid is thinking that like oh, phrases like I think electric sex i think that well i don't know I'm, i've always thought that it is his inner monologue it's just it's just heightened to the language of a a writer Maybe, in his yeah 60s. I, guess, I mean he he's he's narrating a look back right so like as he remembers it kind of yeah but like right. in an adult in an adult framing in an adult frame yeah but, but like his like thought process he's not like judging himself about the no. his thoughts you know what i mean it's not like oh i thought this and how silly i was like he he's trying to genuinely describe the yes. feeling of that he was having yes i don't know it's kind sure. of in, in between i guess so we see a bunch of people are gathered around a storefront window that is just filled with toys the kids noses are pressed up against the glass there's toy trains and wagons and other super old shit but the holy grail of christmas is the red rider air rifle did mm-hmm. i say that right bb gun thank you so ralphie we meet young ralphie the hero of our story he wants this rife this bb gun he is trying to do everything he can to incept his parents brains into buying him this gun (laughs) including sneaking into their bedroom with separate twin beds Mm, sign of the times and putting ads into their magazines this is when i was like oh this is old timey this is not as soon as you saw those beds (laughs) split in two you're like oh shit it's not it's, it's we not don't know a, about this. It's not a neon waterbed. What is that about? How else do you like conceive children? 
<laughs> the thing is, is that everything that was made in the 80s, no matter what time period it's set in, still feels like the 80s. Mm-hmm. They never do much to like change people's hair as much as they should. Like the mom still has like an 80s perm. Like she does not have 1940s mom hair. Oh, good hair. point. Yeah. I think that they tried to do a little bit with like, it's very hazy. Like if we could describe the look of this. Yeah. But it's not, besides like the cars and stuff, I when I was a kid, I never thought twice about when this was and then on top of it i'm like are they making it purposely look old because it's meant to be set in the 40s or is this just what what like an 80s movie looks either that or they're trying to show like convey memory yeah (laughs) you know what i mean but yeah even like the mom's style she's wearing kind of like oversized skirts and oversized sweaters belted like i just feel like the 80s are so interesting yeah dominant in terms of like how sorry ugly most things are like the style just bleeds into everything but hot anywho take. hot takes uh hot takes roasting on an open fire tonight whoa there you go we head down to the kitchen and we have like our classic old-timey dad that's obsessed with sports and old-timey mom who's shrill as shit making things like cabbage ralphie's trying to play it super cool he like has this very intense game plan of how he's gonna go about getting this bb gun and he's like really trying to play it cool but of course he ends up blurting it out that he wants it and he gets the classic mom cock block the you'll shoot your eye out which is a theme throughout this film a refrain yeah in fact this movie was made into a broadway show and there's like a whole song called you'll shoot your eye out Really? Yeah. Because I feel like if we were to write it, we would do that as a joke. It would just be like, you know, the refrain from the actual movie, be like, you'll shoot your... And then we would yeah, just yeah. make that. It's kind of lazy. That's how but... the song goes in the Broadway show. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. We do have these fun sort of looks into his imagination throughout, sort of like his childlike daydreams. Uh, he has this little fantasy where he's a very sparkly sheriff. It's like an old timey, like an old Western film and his whole family's like hiding under the table and he's got like cartoon style bank robbers in the yard with like their black and white shirts on yeah um and he's got his bb gun he's shooting them all in the butt cheeks it seem seemingly i guess that's yeah. where you that's where you shoot a bad guy it is right in the butt and he's like spitting tobacco he's like has a mouthful of chew it's like so he was given Big Chief by accident. No. <laughs> Peter Billingsley like started to do that scene. He started to get really lightheaded and thought he was going to be sick. He says that they took it too literally, I guess the props department or something like that. So after he like came down off of his high from nicotine, they gave him a bunch of different raisin, ground up raisins or something, which is how he got that like brown spit. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like... <laughs> I thought you were trying to say like, yeah, they like almost poisoned this kid with a mouthful of chew. So they just like gave him a bunch of raisins to make him feel better. <laughs> like they're just like, have some snacks. You need to put something in your stomach. <laughs> Kids love raisins. His mom was like, oh, I was going to be pretty mad. But that raisin, oh my God, that raisin bit that's was. That's fucking horrendous. <laughs> that's really bad. That's really yeah. bad. They stuffed a kid's mouthful of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he said that his mom wasn't that pissed about it. She was just like, what are you doing? It's the 80s. Ew. Yikes. Kids today, yeah. forget Kids it. Today. Parents today, forget it. Forget about it. Oh, um, I love every one of these daydreams. They're so great. They're like mm-hmm. sped up kind of in certain points. It's like so faithfully portraying daydreaming. Mm-hmm. 
memories are kind of like that. Like everyone is like fawning over you and he's acting like much more adult and in control of the situation. And there's like little X's on their eyes because... Yeah, when they're dead. <laughs> when they're dead. <laughs> I, th- I just think that they do the memories so well where mm-hmm. it's exactly how a kid daydreams. Yeah, and there's definitely like a comic book quality to it. Like yes, this is definitely. how their fantasies are you know again like and they're not really watching television whereas like you know now kids can just imagine like this is what fucking robbers look like or whatever but him really only has sort of like cartoons and his imagination which is that's a great point because i do feel like they omit the things that like kids have to kind of like fill in because they don't have the information right and it's really funny but it's also charming and truthful i love Mm -hmm. every one of them yeah no they're great the next morning the kids are heading off to school and the mom is bundling them with so many layers. His his little brother really gets the shit end of the stick in this film. This poor kid is always bundled to within an inch of his life. And he just like he can't put his arms down. He's like he's just spread like a starfish. And just this whole film, he's like chasing after everyone and like on the ground and not able to get up. He's just a simpleton. (laughs) I think the little brother is my favorite character. I'm not going to lie. I love Randy. He's really funny. I love when he can't put his arms down. Like he does a lot of whining, but he also does a lot of giggling. And it's just like it's so pure. Like you can tell he's just a kid like, whatever, I'll do whatever the fuck you tell me to do. He also like really loves Ralphie. Like when he thinks Ralphie's going to die and he hides underneath the sink. (laughs) And he's really sad about it. It's like it's not in that way. I think it's like kind of multidimensional where it's not just like a snot nosed idiot kid brother like you're no. going back to like oh but these kids actually really love one another yeah you know? it's sweet well and it's like i don't know back then i feel like siblings <laughs> i say having been there in the 40s <laughs> right. but like kids had less things to keep them separated from each other if that makes sense mm-hmm. like with the lack of technology and stuff so it's like that's your playmate you know even on the walk to school when he falls down and he can't get up it's like the only person who's going to help you out in this situation is your big brother you know right. so it's like there is definitely a bond between them that's very sweet yeah i mean my mom when she was growing up she was had a big irish family and you'd be in charge of some of your siblings Mm -hmm. or or cousins and stuff like that and i was never in charge of my sister in any way in in reality she was probably in charge of me so i mean when my brother was really little like i remember like taking him out of his crib to play with me or like making him dress up (laughs) in weird (laughs) shit putting makeup on him but i think he wised up really quickly he was just like no 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 one day he just put his foot down he was like, wait a second. <laughs> the jig is up, you sick break. It's a very specific like fork in the road there. Either he could have stayed <laughs> doing that. <laughs> it turned yeah. out very different. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe one day he'll appease me again. Fingers crossed. Yeah, he no longer does my bidding, unfortunately. That's why you have kids. Right. Uh, when you're ready to end your life <laughs> and have some minions. Jazz's war against <laughs> maternity. Look, I'll never have a war on Christmas. I will start a war on reproducing. <laughs> It's the best thing you could do to save the planet. That's right. Overpopulation is the thing that is strangling the planet. Read Freedom by Jonathan Franzen. Then see if you want to have one. Anyway, back to Christmas. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, we're on the way to school. And the friend comes out and is like, hey, smart ass, if you stick your tongue to a lamppost, it'll freeze. And that's like a big debate. It's like, no, it won't. Yes, it will. So we get to school and the kids are all like, you know, the one that looks, that is you, is like, 
double dog daring the other one to stick their tongue to the pole and the one naysayer like doesn't believe him and then but you can't break a double triple dog dare so he does it he sticks his tongue to the pole and of course it sticks I was really looking for some like special effects but it really just looks like this kid's tongue is stuck to the pole they used a suction uh, device it's a suction tube to safely stick his oh, tongue to there. Oh, smart. It looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. And I was expecting to see like some weird gummy tongue. like Right, right. Where they like pull him back and it's like three feet long. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like a yeah. fruit roll up. Yeah. <laughs> or like when a cartoon like, guy sees a hot girl and is like, Ow, like the tongue yeah, is like, blah, 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 blah. Like the wolf, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, all the kids, like the bell rings and all the kids run back inside the school. It's just like, what are, you, what are we going to do? The bell rung, like we can't help you. This is the only thing. They're just like, well, we got to go. And then they even get in there and like nobody wants to admit to the teacher where this kid is. That's what I was, I was wondering like, about. Like at that point, you're kind of out of the woods. You can say where the kid is. Yeah, you're... don't you want to help your friend who's going to like freeze to death on this pole, lose his tongue? Well, I like, guess they, they're worried that he's going to tell on them and they'll get in trouble for like goading him into sure, it. Sure, I guess. Maybe. But like, I don't understand why they're the ones in trouble when he's the dum-dum who stuck his tongue on a pole. But I feel like these, like this is like what old people mean when they like look at our generation and like call us delicate snowflakes and stuff. These moments where they're just like, yeah, that kid almost lost his tongue, but the bell rang. So we had to go. Like, we're just in a bed. <laughs> Whereas now we'd be like, get this child some help. (laughs) Well, luckily they get that help because the fire department comes. The police come. I still don't understand how they separated them. Yeah, because it's like an unbroken shot and then they just like take them off. They just take them off. I would have thought they like pour some hot warm water on them or something like that. I was thinking about that and then I was like, would the water immediately freeze and then just create like a bigger ice cube? (laughs) Did like a firefighter had to just be like, like into his kid's mouth? We're going to have to kiss him. Well, I mean, he comes back into the classroom and this was something that I, it's absurd that this is the first time I've ever realized this, but he's got this like bandage on his tongue. Yes. And I always thought it was like a poor effect where they're trying to make it look like snow or icicles, (laughs) (laughs) but they're kind of like tying his tongue with a bandage to like, I guess, get the blood back in it or something like that. I mean, maybe they just ripped that kid off the pole and like just had to wrap his tongue. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. It didn't seem like there was any blood and everyone clapped. No. And <laughs> it's such a um, like a comedically large tongue bandage that it almost seems like this is like part of his recollection of it, but it may not oh, have even oh, looked nice. like that. You know, I don't know. That's an, I like that interpretation. Well, because like a lot of the stuff he says and sees is not really. Like, right. Like the line at the mall maybe like can't be that long, but it is right. weird. Like some things are faithful and other things are a little bit exaggerated. Or even the next part where we meet our bullies scott farkas and like he is psychotic looking but like he just keeps being like so scary his eyes his eyes are so yellow he's and, got like, yellow they eyes. weren't that yellow but i was like if they all are like honey he has jaundice he's probably like oh, there's like That's malnutrition right. this kid just walked out from like i'm assuming the dump where he lives <laughs> this is a very friend. weird town like it seems like they when they pan to his house like they live next to like hillbillies as they say but then all the other houses are like super nice so it's like clearly there's some class distinction in this For town sure. there's like some poor people who are riffraff and bullies with crazy dogs and then there's yeah you'd have people. to think that scott farkas he's got to come from a, a troubled 
home, I would assume. Yeah. He's pure evil. He's a little shit. And he's wearing like a Davy Crockett hat. Watching it this time, I was like, this kid is exactly like Sid. I, w- I was wondering if they like, yes! <gasps> like got the idea of like a laugh from this. When yeah. it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it never stops. It so sounds like, exactly keep, like just Sid. Just keep laughing. Just keep, keep going. Laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kid's trying is so hard. He's like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, this is a good. Uh, uh, as any time to when they're filming this ralphie would have like a monologue in his head the director would be behind the camera like speaking the monologue to give that, him the, the pacing out. when uh peter billingsley was talking about it, it was like it was a lot easier to then act because you didn't have to kind of memorize these lines and kind of go over them in your head you could kind of react in real time to the things that the narrator is saying because yep. it's being set off camera. I have to say, like, he's a great child actor. I thought he was unbelievable. He's really good. He's really he's good so at what he does. Funny. His big blue eyes, like, he's so expressive. He does great yes. with the character work in the little fantasy scenes. And when he cries, it literally made me want to jump out the window. Like, he it's just so is sad. like, it's so sad i'm like how could you ever punish that kid it's so cute because he's also like a little small adult at times too <laughs> yeah a little i think mister. the casting in this movie is just amazing there's no like absurd characters besides the bully they're just yeah. kind of like real kids very you know, real Ralphie's all just of like them are very just real people. regular person but as yeah. you said like super expressive and funny and not self-aware yeah i don't know it's it's just brilliant yeah no, he's great. Anywho, so we escape the bullies, um, <laughs> except for so, like the little brother. Is that so what you're going to say? Yeah. Yes. He just gets thrown on the ground and stays there. There's nothing he can do. Uh, and the, the music also in this movie is incredible. Everything is so dramatic. So like even when these funny lines come in, it's like Randy lay there like a slug. It was his only defense. And you think it's like a really fun, but the music is like really tense and it yeah. makes it seem like a noble act from yes. Randy. It's an intense moment for them. Yes, it's an intentional too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So we get home and the dad gets home and he's screaming, I won, I won, I won. And he's got a telegram that he won this grand prize and the prize is arriving tonight. Also, we learn that like they have hillbilly neighbors with like 80 hounds that the bumpus constantly chase the dad like through their house. Although, like, at one point, he slams one of the dog's ears in the door. And I it's did not like horrific. that at all. It's yeah. horrendous. If someone wanted to torture me, and I'm giving, any, like, people notes right now, yeah. put me in a room and then put a sound of a dog whimpering. I can't turn I it off. I thought of you. I was like, he can't I'd, I'd like lose this my mind. moment. Yeah, he can't. I don't like it. Anyway, moving on. Now the family's at the dinner table, and they're talking about how his kid brother won't eat anything. He hasn't um, voluntarily eaten over three years. Yeah. And he's like, and my mother hasn't had a hot meal in 15 years. I was yes. like, wait, none of them are even 15 years old. Like, That's right. Why not? But like everyone is just nagging this mom for stuff when she, this poor woman's trying to get one bite of food in her mouth. And they're like, no, I need more. No, I you need order more. Order around. I'm Give like, me more meatloaf. You're my fucking slave, mom. Yeah. Takes it with a smile, though. Yeah, she does. Not me, bitches. Not me. You're not going to take me alive. Okay? I hope your future kids listen to this exact moment of this episode so they understand what to expect. My kids are going to feel fear. Okay? They're going to know fear. 
and they're going to watch me eat some hot ass food. Although <laughs> I do love that the mom in this scene just goes full freak to like get shit done, which I respect. First she's like, tell me the sound that a piggy makes. And he starts oinking. <laughs> and he's like, now show me how a piggy eats. And dude just starts like oinking and shoving his Snarving. face in his mashed potatoes. And she's losing her shit. Like she's just like, I don't give a fuck. Whatever gets this kid to eat, the, I don't The reactions care. in this scene and the acting are like, all of this is looks so genuine. Like all of them oh are laughing. Oh my god, the kid is cracking up. You can tell probably everyone on set was cracking up during the scene. They w- must have had to just film like when they pan over to Ralph and right, his dad and separately because like Ralph There's is just no looking way. like this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> The kid and his mom are having such a moment together. She's like, oh, my little piggy boy. And he's like cracking the fuck <laughs> up, just like shoving his face in cabbage. Love uh, it. Loved it. The dad's grand prize arrives in this big, massive wooden... Maybe it's a wooden bowling cri- alley. Yeah, maybe it's bowling alley. Uh, it's this massive wooden crate marked fragile, and he thinks it says fragile. Must be Italian. They crowbar open this huge crate. And it's this massive leg lamp, very famous (laughs) and also very racy for the time. It's like a woman's leg up to the crotch, I would say, like upper thigh wearing a fishnet stocking. Yeah. And the dad is obsessed. The mom is horrified. He thinks it's like real art. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. Like he's just so high on the fact that like a regular Joe like him won something. It's a major award. It's a major award. And. He like puts it right in their front window and the narration's like the entire neighborhood was turned on. <laughs> People up front are like, what is that? And he's like, it's a major award. Oh, it's a major award. He won a major award. He won that. It's a major award. The same way that my kids will know fear, my husband knows fear now. Mm. She's the kind of mom that she had to be for the time, which is like a little bit of a doormat, but like crafty in a way that's she can like sort of get away, get her way without ever having to really speak up. Right. I mean, to me, I always thought of her as just the supreme matriarch that she's like controlling everything she has there's no point in which she's not in control and she has to do these things sometimes with the father because he's kind of an idiot and she's like all right i'll Mm -hmm. just placate him but like she's clearly in charge of everything she has to be very sort of around about about getting her way right you know there's no just like speaking her truth in this reality she's very good at finding that individual thing about each one of the family members Mm -hmm. to keep things Mm -hmm. steady yep and she does it she does. does it. The lamp is from a story called My Old Man and the Lascivious Special Award that heralded the birth of pop art. So he got the <sighs> idea Jesus. of the leg lamp. It was inspired by Nehi Soda. I don't know how you, if you, is that how you pronounce it? It's like a crossword word, uh, which featured like a bottle of the drink along with a woman's leg ending just above the knee. Mm, so there's some legitimacy like that didn't just come out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. I meant that that sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't. <laughs> Whatever. I'll cut it out. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, ooh, fun fact, Daniel. It's almost yeah, like oh, you're on fun facts for this podcast. Was it a fun fact? <laughs> he said, blowjob gesturing into the camera. <laughs> oh, Ralphie has a writing assignment. I feel like I'm just, every time I do a new plot point, I feel like I'm just like, saying a random sentence like none of it feels connected whatsoever it's not like (laughs) and then it's just like well now this is happening well he he kind of like talks about that too with his narration where it's like he's trying to explain how things they didn't carry into one another 
Like even the most significant fight of his life, all of a sudden he's like, oh, fuck, I forgot. Like, I really want that BB gun. And then he didn't even think about his monumental achievement about stepping up to his bully. It's just kid stuff. Sometimes when you're a kid, life happens in chapters. That is true. Maybe. He has this writing assignment about what he wants for Christmas. And and he has this like moment in his imagination where his teacher is basically like creaming herself over his paragraph. This is such an embarrassing admission. I have these fantasies all the time. I have thousands of them. It's like so self-centered and that everyone just loves you and thinks that you're really smart. Like I remember I was at the dentist one time and I was under some type of like small anesthesia and they were like open wide and I opened my mouth as wide as I could and they were like, oh, that's great. And in my mind, I was like, that is great. Like I'm doing a great job. He's never seen a wider mouth ever. I really thought that. The rest of the time I had these like fantasies about how like the people would go home. It's like, so how was your day? And it's like, I had the perfect patient. Aw, it's kind of sweet. Like, this Ugh. is how you, like, keep your self-esteem afloat. <laughs> this is the only thing I'm hanging on to. Yeah, I definitely had something like that. of just, like, wanting to be the favorite, being like, wow, I bet my teacher's, like, very impressed with my 100%. hand turkey for Thanksgiving projects. <laughs> or, like, wow, this person who, like, this special guest who came to our class, like, thinks my question was, like, really a really good it's question. Very much so. That's exactly what it is. <sighs> so fucking overachiever. <laughs> or and it's the same today. It is now. Yes. It is still the same. <laughs> um, anyway, so the family goes to get a Christmas tree, and on the way home, they get a flat tire. So Ralphie is helping Dad fix the tire. He accidentally drops the, the lug, nut. lug nuts, and he goes fudge. Except he didn't say fudge. And I just love how insanely big of a deal this is. Like the dad tells the mom, and she like screams bloody <laughs> yes. murder. That's like to your point before, that couldn't possibly be the actual reaction to that. But no in his way. mind, it's like. <laughs> yeah, in his mind, it's like built up. So at home, his mom puts a bar of soap in his mouth. He says he heard it from his friend Schwartz. So then the mom calls his mom, who also like screams. And we hear her like beating the shit out of her son over the phone. I was yeah. Like, Yikes. There's a lot of like kid screams in this movie that really affected me when I was a kid. Like, oh, yeah, they're really screaming. Like, not yeah. like a fun. Like, like hey, get off of me. They're like, ah! it's like, Whoa. Oh, no, I can't do it at all. Uncle, 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 uncle. <laughs> I can't do that at all. <laughs> You sound like one of those, I think it's like Ducky. Is it from A Land Before Time or something? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I always consider myself a little foot, but I'll take Ducky. Okay. Yeah. Take it. Take it and run. So I also like, for the record, like I, I'm glad that our generation is like not, or, or our stance is more like, it's not like, oh, cursing is bad. We're more just like, hey, there's a time and a place for cursing. So like for our kids to know like when it's appropriate. But I would like to think kids aren't getting their mouths washed off out with soap anymore. I think it's yeah. very hypocritical. And I did a lot of research. You can kind of get sick from soap, but mostly it's you wouldn't You're get You're not the... supposed to eat that shit, okay? Yeah. I read this whole history about washing your mouth out with soap, and I will not bore everyone about it. But it's, it has a long storied history. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> what? That I That you're not going to tell us this <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, save it for the Patreon. <laughs> yes, I'll save it for the Patreon If people afterwards. want that, they need to pay for it, okay? Yes, and Jazz will be paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
in a, in different a way, way. <laughs> with little bits of my soul. Not to dwell on this, but when I was a kid telling on another kid and having my mom call their mom, it's just the worst feeling in the whole world. Because oh you couldn't God. like text it's so also, scary. so you right, didn't you know their reaction. <laughs> Yeah, you couldn't you give couldn't them a heads warn up. Them. You have no idea what they thought about it until the next day. It was just the pity or stomach feeling. Yeah, it's the worst. Once I was on a play date and like my mom was either just picking me up or whatever. But anyway, she was still there. And I said something happened. And I said, fuck it. And my friend immediately ran from the room and told my mom. Wow, what a narc. I know. And my mom came in and was like, what did you say? And I was like, I said, bucket. Nice. And she was like, we're going home. <laughs> But I don't remember like really getting punished. I, I never like, swore wow, from my mom. Now I know who's not going to bury a body with me. Yeah, snitch. really. You don't want to be in the trenches with that person. Yeah. He's got another uh, fantasy about how, you know, it's like this victim mentality where he's stricken blind because of soap poisoning and he comes back and his parents are like, oh my God, we shouldn't have done what that to him. What happened to you? What have we done? <laughs> and like, he's blind, but he's still so happy. Like, like he would rather be... <laughs> have them in blind. the palm of his hand than to see <laughs> blind and homeless and making his parents feel guilty yeah and he still looks exactly the same he's not like old. He's yeah he's small. like at age 21 but he's like still the same age <laughs> so this whole time too he's been waiting in the mail he like did this thing where he wrote in for a secret decoder ring because he likes to listen to the little orphan annie radio show and it finally comes in the mail and they like give him all the secret numbers so he can decode decode it and do like find out the secret message and he goes into the bathroom and it's like super tense and everyone's trying to get in the bathroom and he finally solves it and it just says be sure to drink your ovaltine <laughs> a crappy a crappy commercial son of a bitch i think he says son of a bitch and he's kind of like likening it to the letdowns that will happen for the rest of his life in a similar yeah. way the mom knocks over a lamp quote by accident well, who and knows? the dad's like, you are always jealous of this lamp. <laughs> she's like, jealous of what? That is the ugliest lamp I've ever seen. But she's it's like, so funny that she could be I won something. <laughs> she just comes out in the night and he's like jacking off to the lamp. <laughs> you never push lamp. the beds together anymore. Right. You push somebody so far. He's like, we need glue. And she's like, we don't have any. It's like, you used up all the glue on purpose. <laughs> yeah. It's so irrational. He, like, tries to glue it together, but it keeps falling apart. Then he buries it's it in tragic. the backyard. Instead <laughs> throwing it out. He doesn't want anybody else to fix it. Oh, no. Yeah. Anywho, Rafi's been, like, dreaming about getting a good grade on this essay, but he gets it back, and it's a C plus, And at the bottom, it says, you'll shoot your eye out. So upsetting. Yeah. Everyone's out to get him. And on the way home, he gets decked in the face with a snowball by the bully. The one line that did make me perk up. He's like, when I say come, you better I come. And I was like, yeah, Dadzi. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm ruined. I am ruined. Oh, Scott or whatever your name is. <laughs> Scott Farkas. I think his name is Scott too. S-K-U-T, isn't it? Scott Farkas? I no, thought it was no. Scott, but... But hey, I'll take scut, dirty little scut. You come when I say you come. <laughs> anyway, uh, this slow zoom on Ralphie's face when like it goes from crying into anger. It's just like a master so class good. in child acting. And he really looks like he gets smashed. Like you could feel the way that when you get hit by snow. Oh, it's God. So yeah, it fucking brutal. hurts. So he finally just like wallops him, loses his cool. He tackles his bully and just starts wailing on him. And like this is the equivalent, like in an, in some adult movies, where like a guy like punches someone in the face into his until his face is just pulp and he's dead. Right. Game of Thrones type shit. Like I hate that. Like that is one of my 
things like one of my uh, like one of the things that it grosses me out the yeah. most when somebody's just punching somebody in the face until they're literally dead. Yeah, that's not a great feeling. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Dan. I'm with you. Yeah, it's been yeah. rough. Uh, but like this is the child equivalent. Like he is punching this kid in the face for like five straight minutes. Yeah, and it's like little uh, I don't know what you call them. Like, but his little gloves that have like that you can fasten little mittens. Yeah, the mittens. They're like flying all about flailing around it's just kind of like slapping yeah. his belly in reality <laughs> but i know but his nose is bleeding his nose is bleeding and he's squealing squealing yeah and he's cursing yeah. up a storm in a way that like everyone just kind of goes silent and is like that's Whoa. ralphie holy shit yeah mom comes up and breaks up the fight and like poor ralphie just starts crying Aww. and like she, you can tell she feels bad for him she just like wipes his face and tells him to go lie down in his room and calm down but i was like no asking him what's wrong yeah you gotta let him figure it out, just I guess. like, calm down, dear. Get less upset. It was like the way of parenting back in yeah, the day. Yeah, either don't that cry. or like, I think that there was a breakthrough here and I don't really want to. Right, right. I don't know if I want to address yeah. this part of my son today. <laughs> uh, and then the little brother's under the sink crying because according to him, daddy's going to kill Ralphie. <laughs> the mom is like, daddy's not going to kill Ralphie. You want some milk? Next to all of these like lie chemical cleaners <laughs> under here. I gotta say, a lot of milk is consumed in this movie. For sure. A whole lot of milk. Full glass of milk with every dinner. Milk and meatloaf. I never had milk and so cabbage. I can't relate. <laughs> I was never drinking glasses of milk with dinner in my life. I've never had a sip so. of milk. That's fine. You're not missing anything. Yeah. Some people Except like it. Stomach ache. Yeah. So dad comes home and mom downplays the whole thing and like distracts. She likes, I don't know why she even feels the need to tell him if she's just going to tell him and then like distract him from it. But it's like a half lie. Uh, I guess, or something. And he's like, I realized then I wasn't about to be destroyed. Things were different between me and my mother from then on. I'm like what a shitty feeling of like, man, I'm going to be destroyed by my father. Like I can't tell my parents anything because i will just be punished for the rest of my life yeah but i feel like i had that feeling too even if it was totally unwarranted that like there was something i would do where it's yeah. like well this is it oh my god even yeah every time he did something he all. like went in his room and cried because he was like this is it my dad's gonna beat the shit out of me and it's like oh god yeah or just like even getting yelled at really bad it's like oh this is i don't I know really i'm gonna recover as a kid like so i don't really i don't know yeah, i'm getting in a lot of trouble I'm but getting yelled at is not fun Almost as bad as getting punched in the face repeatedly until you die. Anyway, <laughs> so Ralphie like has this great idea. He's like, oh, right. I'll ask Santa for my BB gun. So the family goes to like the town Christmas parade. There's like all these old characters. There's this weird moment where like the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz start brutally attacking Mickey Mouse. It's a strange moment. Strange. Weird crossover. Yeah. Ralphie's in a rush to get out of there and go to the mall to see Santa. And they just send their small children to get online for Santa and just fuck off to wherever. Because they got to go buy the presents. Way to leave it to the last minute. Oof. The line goes like across the entire mall, but they finally get to the front. Ugh, God, first of all, like the elves working there are horrible. Kisses. They're like super mean. And then like Santa's at the top of this big slide. So you like sit on his lap. The Santa's really obnoxious. He's like a greasy, dirty Santa with these rotten elves. And he's just elves. like screaming in their faces. He's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then, and then just throws them down a slide. Yeah. And this poor kid, he like finally gets to Santa's lap and he's like so 
like taken aback by how weird this experience is that he chokes when it comes to asking for what he wants and he like can't say it but then they're like how about a football they put him down the slide and then he finally comes to him just like wait wait he like stops himself on this like climbs back <laughs> climbs up like back. army crawls back up and he like asks for his bb gun Santa's just like you'll shoot your eye out and then like kicks him in the face with his boot <laughs> back down the slide he's like no. I love it. and then he falls into like this gotta be like disgusting smelly cotton ball pool where like all these <laughs> kids, all the kids that have land. like pissed themselves too like <laughs> just like a pit of dirty diapers yeah. <laughs> just lays He's there dejected beaten. until yeah. his parents come get him at home the family decorates the tree the boys go to bed the next morning they wake up and it's christmas they start opening toys the ecstasy of unbridled avarice Every line in this movie is so funny. Ralphie gets the famous pink bunny suit from Aunt Clara, and Mom makes him put it on. This might be like I don't care how many times I see this, I howl. (laughs) You're so easy to please. I maybe I guess so. I just think it's so fucking funny. I dare you to do that for Halloween next year. Ooh, yeah, but I would end up looking like Donnie Darko. I think. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. Uh, Ruined. This so Mom makes him put it on. Mom also squashes dad's testicles with a bowling ball. A blue bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a blue ball. Yeah. Separate beds. So this is maybe like the only time that I like the dad where the dad, like Ralphie comes in clearly miserable in his oh, bunny suit. It. And he's just like, you don't, you're not happy in that thing. Just take it off. You look like a pink nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I want that to be like, uh, like my OnlyFans name. Pink nightmare. That's sick. Well, keep it in keep it in your back pocket. My pink is a nightmare. My stink, mm. a dream. <laughs> it's a really long name. <laughs> That's a tagline. That's the oh, about okay. the about me section. <laughs> a little bit about me. <laughs> my fun fact is. I, just, I like all my fans to get to know me. I, I leave nothing on the. T- I leave it all on the table. You know that. <laughs> I leave nothing on the table. I leave nothing on the table, and I leave it all on the podcast. Yes. Anyway, at the end of all the gifts, he's really sad because he's sure he didn't get it. But turns out, dad secretly went and got him one. I really was like, oh, great. This will be the end of the movie. It wasn't. It so kind of is. He's got the Red Rider BB gun. And he's like, load, like, right? <laughs> it's so weird. Like, this almost seems surreal. I think just because of the day and age that we're in. It's like this nice scene where, like, the parents are looking at him all smiley with like a child loading up a gun with bullets in the middle of the living room with like christmas music playing it was like a yeah, little... i can't tell whether i just am so in love with this movie that i didn't think of that at all or whether like it was a different time yeah i guess so because i was thoroughly enchanted but like i i was getting goosebumps when his oh, dad God. was like so proud of him and he's got like i don't know it's great yeah it's a father-son bonding moment well, hopefully he doesn't shoot his eye out. <laughs> well, turns out he runs outside to use it. He like shoots this metal target and the BB backfires and literally shoots him right below his eye. So he almost shoots his eye out. Yeah. Loses his glasses, steps on his glasses, makes up a lie about an icicle falling on his face, gets away with it. Then the hillbilly hounds come into their home and steal their turkey. So they go to a Chinese restaurant for a scene that has not aged well. Not great. The Chinese waiters are singing carols in a super racist way. They get a duck with the head still on and the mom like screams in the restaurant. So that's real. That's a real reaction. They didn't tell her that that was going to (laughs) happen. That's great. I love that. 
And she's like, oh, my God. And it's like, what's wrong? It's smiling at me. And he just takes yeah, that cleaver, cleaver chops, chops the duck's, the duck's head, head off, off, and, and the then takes the head again. and just, like, sticks it in his pocket. <laughs> no big. So, you know, we wrap up the film. Mom and dad are sitting on the couch in front of the lit tree watching the snow. This is, like, one of the only moments of, like, affection we see towards them in the whole film mm-hmm. and ralphie goes to bed snuggled with his rifle and accidentally blows his face off in the night that's right just the kidding. end he does go to bed with a loaded gun though I will say he that. does do that maybe the safety's on what was your favorite christmas present when you were growing up do you have one the one that sticks out most to me was what i spoke about i think on the last podcast which was my baby born doll the one that malfunctioned a little bit? No, that's exactly how it's meant to function. Oh, right. Okay, so you just need functioned to put a, a little diaper too much. on it. It will shit all over you. Yeah. Yeah. Like well. a real baby. What's your favorite? I think my favorite was, I got a skateboard. It was in the middle of winter, so I couldn't really use it so much. But it was like, no, that can't be it. But getting a Christmas present that you really want, mm-hmm. that's some good shit. That is some good shit. That's the shit right there. Still good shit. All right, let's rate and summate. This movie was not for me. <laughs> I was not dazzled by it, I think, because I maybe I'm just bored by and I don't and I personally don't subscribe to glorifying the nuclear family. Mm. Um <laughs> there are probably like 250 people rolling their eyes right now listening <laughs> to this. If we're lucky. Yeah, but I'm just like and granted I get it. This is an older movie, so it's not like you know, it's not like oh, another one. The jokes are so outplayed. Right. But I, you know, like, I'm not like, oh, a simpler time when, like, a mother's only function was to, like, sacrifice her entire life to take care of three obnoxious uh, men. Yeah. So I didn't have a lot, I didn't feel a lot like I could relate to in this film. So I didn't, con- I couldn't connect to it and I didn't grow up with it. I will say I do like the vehicle of storytelling. I like the way things are from his perspective. I think he was great, super well cast. Um, The whole cast was well cast. Cast. Um, (laughs) They're really well podcast. (laughs) Um, it, It just is not the type of Christmas story that appeals to me. And maybe it's because like for a lot of people, it's like, oh, this was like a simpler time. Whereas for me, like, I think my kind of Christmas movie is like, I don't want slice of life at Christmas. I want fucking Santa's workshop. I want like fantastical, <laughs> magical, mystical. You know right, what I mean? Right. I don't want cabbage and milk. Oh. I want cookies and milk. <laughs> I think that sums it up. <laughs> yeah. So I will give this movie two and a half frozen tongues nice well i'm sorry you didn't like it listen i'm sorry that i didn't like it for you like i feel like i am hurting your feelings and i don't you're not at all okay no no there's nothing you could do about this i'm i'm all in on this movie you're like my feelings aren't hurt i just respect you way less now (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me it's fine for you you're gonna have a hard go of it from now on i'm gonna get a lot of hate mail after this episode Go easy on her. Um, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's another instance of stories that's a bunch of small vignettes or acts uh, that have a kind of small string that ties them together. And I feel like you get a better feeling about things that way, like the way a a feel of something, you know, Mm -hmm. it tells a story, but it also can hit on a bunch of cultural tropes and kind of observations. I thought the writing is is brilliant. I mean, I'm, I'm 
obsessed with language. So, you know, like mm-hmm. not that's a really weird to put way to put it, but I, I love <laughs> reading and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> better. Of course, I love this movie. Um, my mom loves this movie and loves kind of like the turns of phrase and like the carefully chosen adjectives and things mm-hmm. like that. So I grew up loving this. Um, I love everything about this movie. I can't go a Christmas without watching it. The reasons why I love it are not certainly not like there's a simpler time. It's mm-hmm. just about the the small, tiny details of life that are indicative of kind of a shared cultural experience with everybody. For and sure. things are strange and funny and very dramatic in the present tense. But when you look back on them, they're they're foolish and, you know, absurd. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I'm going to give this movie nine and a half out of 10 <gasps> mundane noodles. Wow. Which is one of the uh, curse words the old man says. <laughs> you mundane noodle. <laughs> it's like Joe Pesci in the Home Alones where you just had to like make up a bunch of like. Bricka, bricka, bricka. Exactly. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It's funny because maybe it is just like a. Like how, you know, how we're raised and how we're presented to these things. Because I was watching it today and I'm staying with my mom for the holidays and. I was just like, I got to be honest. I find this movie really boring. And she was like, yeah, me too. Oh, interesting. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it might just hit a chord with some people. Yeah. But there's certainly never been as big of a gulf between our ratings yeah, for this movie. It's a, that's a big hole. What a hole. <laughs> what a hole. Um, anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys and gals and everything in between. We have one more movie left, I believe, of the holiday season. And we hope you're enjoying thus far. Any requests, let us know. We'll do it next year because we'll still be doing this (laughs) next year and the year after that and the year after that. And to all, a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. That was a good one. That, That was a good sign off. Thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Movie Club. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and write us a glowing review. We are millennials. We kind of need the validation. For even more goodies, be sure to follow Millennial Movie Club on TikTok and Instagram. Later Later days. days.